Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Leverett Ball Show. And actually, on this episode, we have a repeat guest. Most guests on this podcast talk to me once and then press a restraining order on me. But for some reason, I think my next guest needs more hobbies if he's coming on this podcast more than once. But that is Mike Marcantonini. And uh, Mike is a broadcaster in the Baltimore Orioles system and also uh, had Luke Combs' favorite uh, favorite home run call. And, and, you know, Mike, I'll start out with that. You know, you had that home run call last season, uh, you know, when you quoted Luke Combs. And he actually, I think, saw the video on Twitter and, like, retweeted and commented on it. So, I mean, is there any chance, you know, that maybe, um, you know, you and, you and Luke have become friends and maybe you'll be quitting broadcasting to be, like, a backup vocalist for him? Yeah, I mean, you know what? I, I think that's the dream at this point. Uh, but Lever, thanks for having me on again. I'm happy to to uh, be one of the few repeat guests. So I'm, I'm pre- I appreciate you uh, wanting me to to come back on this year for the podcast. But the Luke Combs thing was cool because, uh, you know, it was something that like you can't plan to do something like that. Like I, I didn't have that scripted. Like all right, this moment I'm going to use it, and this is exactly how I'm going to say it. It wasn't like that, but. Um, a couple of weeks prior to when that happened, the, the Jackson Holiday walk off when I used the the Luke Combs um, lyric from "Going, Going, Gone" in the home run call, I had you know I listened to the I'm listening to the song and I'm always looking for creative ways to uh, you know mix up the broadcast, make it fun, spice up my calls, and I'm like you know I, I think I could use part of the chorus of this song in a home run call, like it just fits. You know the song's called "Going, Going, Gone," and of course you know he's not talking about baseball in the entire song but it works with baseball because that's you know kind of the classic home run call and it just got to a point where i'm like all right if i'm going to do this it's got to be the right time you know it can't be uh the fourth inning of a, of a 10 to 2 game on a sunday afternoon uh in the middle of the season like it's got to be a big you know it's got to be a big moment you know late game tie game teams trailing you know a walk-off situation and then it just so happens that the top prospect in the entire sport who everybody wants to know everything he does, he comes up and is in a position to win the game. And he did. And it was, um, it was just a really cool moment. And, uh, you know, I was happy I nailed the call and then seeing Luke the next day, you know, that he found it on Twitter and he quote tweeted it and said, best home run call I've ever heard. That was, uh, it was just pretty sweet. And sometimes I, I still can't believe it happened, especially because of as big of a country music fan as I am. Uh, but it was just really cool. So maybe someday, maybe someday I'll get to meet him in person and tell him about that when we can bond over that. Well, and maybe, you know, maybe, you know, some game, maybe you can throw in a, a Morgan Wallen quote as well for a home run call. I don't know if he has any lyrics that relate to home runs, although, you know, War- Morgan Wallen was a baseball player. Uh, he was actually recruited to play in college, but lost his scholarship offers because he hurt his arm. Uh, yeah, that's the cool thing about country music is there's a lot of guys with baseball backgrounds, whether they played in college or played in high school. And like you say, you had an injury and couldn't pursue that. But I've got I've got a, a couple things in the works to possibly use this year. So I'm, I'm always uh, listening when I listen to country music, seeing what I can use. Always, always scheming. You know, um, I, I as far as quoting musicians, I did. This was like seven years ago when I was uh, I was calling a high school basketball state championship game on a local obscure TV network that no one ever watched. And uh, they ended up actually, they had some budgeting issues. They had to lay off a lot of their employees, including me. So this was like, I didn't know at the time, but this was kind of like my goodbye to that job before they, you know, cut my ass. But um, 
there was a high school basketball state championship game and Hanover High School won. And it was like their third straight state championship. And I said, put DJ Khaled on repeat because all Hanover does is win. Um, and, you know, quickly realized after that how white I am and maybe, you know, quoting hip hop lyrics on on a broadcast isn't my thing. But I never like DJ Khaled never responded to me that, you know, you actually got, you know, Luke Combs to respond to you. DJ Khaled probably saw that video on the Internet and was like, fuck this guy and forgot about me. But well, I guess I guess I I, I was in a little bit of a better situation for exposure, at least with MLB Pipeline tweeting that out and. Uh, you know, it's surfacing on Twitter and social media being as big as it is nowadays. But hey, man, look, I'm sure there's a lot of people that you don't even know about that uh, heard that call that night and are going to remember that because it was something different and and it just stands out. So, I mean, look, you probably a lot of people probably heard that that you don't even know about that liked it. Yeah, I, I probably inspired someone without even realizing it. But um, that's, what, that's what we that's what we do. We inspire people in this business. One hundred percent. But, you know, obviously uh, your home run call was uh, was with the with the Orioles uh, in their system with the Ironbirds. And, um, you know, you, you, you spent some time with the Ironbirds. Uh, you've seen some different prospects come through the system. Um, you know, what was it like getting to call at bats for Jackson Holiday? Because, I mean, you know, obviously there are a lot of, you know, really talented players at that level, but Jackson holiday, I mean, not only how much potential he has, but I think how quickly he's developed. I mean, that yeah. had to be cool getting to see that, you know, up close. It was really cool because I don't know. Really. Nobody's ever seen somebody in Jackson's situation develop that quickly. I mean, there's, there's guys that, that come out of college playing three years of sec baseball and they're in the big leagues in less than a year. I mean, that's, that's becoming normal, but for, a kid who was drafted out of high school um, and still growing into his body, still, you know, still learning the game in every way. I mean, he's you know a teenager, um, you know, now he, at this point he's 20 years old, you know, but a teenager when he was drafted. But it was cool because nobody had expected him to start the year in low A and get up to triple A and be a part of a triple A national championship team. I mean, there's a very good shot. He's the Orioles opening day shortstop or second baseman this year. And to be honest, I think it's going to happen. He's going to start at one of those positions on opening day. Now, that's just my opinion. No inside information. That's just what I think. But it was cool. I mean, I talked to Jonathan Mayo from uh, uh, MLB.com and MLB Pipeline. And I asked him, I was like, have you ever seen anybody like this, like with this much attention rising this fast? And he said, maybe Ronald Acuna Jr. But that was a little different, you know, an international signee that not as many people knew about. Um but it was cool because, I mean, I, you know, I'm 28 years old and Jackson's dad, Matt, um, you know, had a had an incredible career with most notably the Cardinals, started out with the Rockies. But, you know, I've got a fathead of Jackson's dad, Matt, on, on my wall um, in, in my room in my parents' house. Like, and then I'm calling his son's game X amount of years later. So it's cool. Like, I, I grew up watching his dad play and was always a big fan of his dad. And then I'm calling Jackson's games and just knowing that, when what anything Jackson did, people wanted to to know about that too. So they're tuning into the broadcast. Like you know, there's so probably so many big MLB executives or former players or you know just people involved with the game that were tuned in to see him that I didn't even know about, and they were listening to to me call his game. So I think that was what was cool about it. And I mean, you you know as well as anybody as broadcasters, you know, just the same as an athlete, you know, big game, big moments. We're going to rise to the occasion. We're going to feed off the the larger audiences and the the bigger moments and knowing that, Hey, a top prospects playing in this game, 
there's going to be eyes and ears on my broadcast. Let me take this to a next level. And that's really what it did for me. Well, yeah, you mentioned, you know, you had a uh, fat head of uh, Matt Holiday uh, growing up. I actually have a uh, broadcasting fat head of uh, the one and only uh, Mike Marcantini. You, I have that in my apartment. I hope that doesn't make you uncomfortable. Um, but you know, big uh, that that you know that's my my idol. You might have been more of a Matt Holiday guy, although you mentioned like as far as a prospect who developed really yeah. early. Like maybe there are some guys who were late bloomers who ended up doing really well, but. Obviously, Jackson Holiday. What's unique about him is not just his potential, but like you said, you know how quickly he's developed. But I mean, could you consider Bryce Harper with the way Bryce Harper entered professional baseball in that category? As far as like, I mean, Bryce Harper went to junior college during what would have been his junior year of high school, so that he yeah. could get drafted earlier, and then got drafted after what would have been his junior year of high school when he was 17 and made his big league debut when he was 19. I mean, would you say that's maybe the closest comparison as far as hype at such a young age? Uh, there's definitely some comparisons. And on that fathead comment, I hope, I hope it's a good action shot, a good candid action shot of me on that wall. But, um, Oh yeah, no, the, 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 the fathead actually talks like you can hear <laughs> your broadcast voice when you're looking at it. Yeah. I love that. Uh, that's sick. Um, I think, I think that should become more mainstream for sure. But in terms of like the holiday to Harper comparison, I get it in a sense that like, you know, everybody knew about them since they were, you know, probably in middle school uh, for different reasons. I mean, Harper was just an outlier in terms of the, that he was that good, that young. The fact that he was able to leave high school to get his GED to go to junior college. So he was eligible to be drafted at 16 or 17 years old, whatever it was for Jackson. It's a little different. I mean, Harper, Harper said in interviews, he's like, you know, I I had to be successful. Like I had to make it. He didn't have much to fall back on. You know, baseball was it. He left high school early. He didn't get a college degree. You know, he didn't come from a, a wealthy family, whereas Jackson, you know, not holding this against him, but of course, Jackson's dad made over $100 million as a major leaguer. Like, you know, he grew up kind of groomed for this lifestyle. You know, he, he'd wanted to be a professional baseball player probably before he could walk. Um, and that's just how it is. But uh, in terms of the hype, like in terms of handling the hype, I, th I could make a comparison there because Harper has handled the hype so well his entire career, being on the cover of Sports Illustrated as a teenager. And whereas Jackson, I mean, that dude is as cool, calm as and collected as anybody. I mean, he plays the game with a really quiet swagger. He's so fundamentally sound and really nothing gets to him. And I think that's why he's going to continue to be successful. So there's definitely a legit comparison there. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it. Um, and yeah, and. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how uh, Jackson's career develops, you know, once he gets to the big leagues, um, you know, the, it's funny. I was at the MLB winter meetings and uh, there's actually a, a gentleman from the Orioles front office. I, I'm, I met so many people there. They're all kind of blurred together. I'm blanking on a name right now, but he said that the organization is really excited about, um, you know, how well Jackson has developed and maybe, Maybe he was inspired, you know, by having you call his games. You know, maybe I don't know. Maybe you're maybe you're the secret key to his success, and no one's giving you the credit. But um, you know, obviously, I'll take that. I'll take yeah, that. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. But um, it's funny. So somebody after uh, that home run call, I was looking through the responses to Luke's tweet um, after that big home run call, and somebody said, you know, like incredible call, awesome stuff, like. Um, 
you know, he needs to go to the big leagues. And I was like, all right, you know, whenever Jackson goes, I, I got to go with him. Package deal. Let's make it happen. 100%. I mean, what if also like, you know, how they're, 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 they're like those pitchers of a personal catcher. Like, yeah. What if you like when he made his big deal league debut, you were his personal broadcaster. So like when he went up to hit, you like go into the booth, tell the play-by-play guy, like get the fuck out, announces at bat. Then the play-by-play guy comes back in. You just do that every bad I mean, just an idea. I mean, I, the DB, the designated broadcaster. I mean, has anyone ever has anyone ever done that before? Maybe you could be the first DB in in history. I, you know what? It's any chance to make history? I think uh, I'm down for it. One hundred percent. But you know, obviously, with all the the good reps you're you're getting at the the minor league level, I mean. You know, I could definitely see someday you not just being a DB, but being the regular guy and, and, you know, being the voice of a team. But as far as your career as a whole, um, you know, one thing I want to talk about was 2020, because you actually had a uh, behind the scenes job lined up. It wasn't on air, but a a behind the scenes job lined up in the big leagues, which unfortunately uh, never came to fruition because of COVID and I know you're, you know, unemployed for a little while and it was a tough stretch for you. I mean, how did you get through that? Yeah, it really was. It was the, it's the toughest stretch I've gone through, not only professionally, but personally. And I had, for those who don't know, I had, I had accepted a media relations uh, assistant position for a seasonal position for the, the 2020 season with the Kansas City Royals. So I was going to go to KC, work for the big league team. Uh, on sort of, you know, a seasonal part-time basis. It wasn't going to be a, a full-time job with them, but, you know, get, get a chance to work a season in the big leagues, you know, for for their home games and do media relations stuff. Um, and yeah, COVID wiped that out, which was tough. And then really after that, I mean, the entire sports world shut down. So, you know, you kind of take that year and throw it away for everybody, except, you know, the top guys doing the, you know, the top leagues, NFL, MLB, or things like that. But then in 2021, I didn't get a baseball job either. I I'd sent out a ton of applications and, you know, had a few interviews, but just no offers. And that was tough for me because I'm thinking like, all right, fine, wipe 2020 out. But now 2021, here's we're back to normal now almost. And I can't get a job to work in baseball. Like, this is what I wanted to do my whole life. And I have, the you know, three years of experience doing it so far. And now I can't get back in. And then 2022 happens and. You know, I'm doing a little bit on the side, doing some uh, D2 college stuff down in Florida. Um, ended up accepting a, a job with another team that ended up just not being a good situation. I, I left that before the season started. And I'm thinking like, all right, now I had an offer, had it, ends up not being a good situation. You know, what do I have to do to not only get a job, but get myself in a good situation? And so it was really tough mentally. I mean, it was. I, I got to a point where I had to go you know, I was doing mental health therapy, you know, I was seeing a a therapist to help me through the struggles that I had going on with stuff in my professional life and personal life to just help me get back on track. And that's when things really started to turn around. It's no coincidence. And to, you know, after a few months of, you know, building my confidence back up, and then just trying to reach out to as many teams, colleges, organizations as possible for opportunities, then things started to click. I got a couple opportunities with the University of Delaware. The Ironbirds ended up bringing me on. It was a timing thing. They were looking for a guy. I was available. You know, I had been in touch with them in the past and things really started to click. And then I just sort of built off that. So, I mean, I had to do a handful of things, you know, going to therapy, uh, but also on my own doing things to, you know, don't be too hard on myself, you know, just try to get myself in the right mindset. So yeah, it all started with that, 
that Kansas City Royals gig that ended up getting wiped out because of COVID. And that's really where things sort of just kept slowly going downhill. You know, if something, you know, most of it was out of my control, but it doesn't mean it doesn't bother you. Uh, but then once I got back on track, things started to slowly go back up. And now I'm just trying to continue that upward trajectory, ride that wave. And um, knowing that, it you know, the success is not going to be linear. And, you know, all I can do is put the effort in, you know, the outcomes out of my con- out of my control and just kind of reminding myself that on a daily basis. Yeah, 100%. I think that can definitely be helpful for, you know, anyone listening to the podcast, you know, hearing how you how real you were about some of the things you went through um, and, you know, being open about going in and speaking with therapists. I mean, you know, I, I've definitely at various points in my life spoken with a therapist as well. And I think when people are open about it, you know, that eliminates some of the stigma because there are people who could benefit from speaking with a therapist who look down on it or have a certain stigma about it. So when people are open about it, I think that that does eliminate the stigma. It's funny with that specific topic. Like, I mean, I first started going to therapists when I was really young. Cause like I had a really fucked up childhood, but also, you know, I've gone to therapists at times during my adult life. And in part, because the broadcasting lifestyle is so unstable and inconsistent and up and down, like of all the jobs out there, it, it, does really put a strain on your mental health. And I mean, what are some of the misconceptions that people might have about the broadcasting life? And, you know, people probably think it's more comfortable and glamorous than it actually is. But what are some of the biggest misconceptions that people might have about like what your day-to-day life is like as a broadcaster? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's one that I, I try to talk to young aspiring broadcasters about this a lot because there is this perception that like, us as sports broadcasters, like, oh, you work in sports, you get to, you get paid to uh, announce what's happening in a sporting event, um, whether it's, you know, play by play or sideline stuff, anchoring, whatever. Um, you're getting paid to be at sporting events and talk about sports. And everyone's like, oh, like, like that has to be so awesome. And the truth is, it is. I mean, like, that's why we're doing it because we're passionate about it and we like it. It's fulfilling and rewarding. But at the same time, it's just not as glamorous as people think because it's tough. Like most people, you know, normal nine to five jobs, like sports are their outlet, like they're working and then they're using sports to get away from work. Whereas we're working and that's our work, but it's also stuff we enjoy in our personal life. And it's tough when they intersect and, you know, you have a tough day of work in sports and you're like, well, now I, you know, I can't just go hang out at a sporting event or watch a, watch a game to get my mind off that because I need to do something completely away from it. So it's tough. I mean, people think, that, you know, you make a lot of money. Uh, in most cases, you barely make a living wage if you make a living wage. I mean, you know how it is. You know, we're grinding, working seasonal, part-time freelance jobs just to, um, you know, piece it together. And we're doing probably one, two, maybe even three other side hustles in addition to it to, to make money. So I think people think we make more money than we do at the lower levels. And I think people think um, they don't know how many hours we put in, even if they're hours where we're not on the clock. You know, we're putting in hours behind the scenes doing prep work that we need to have done before we go to the ballpark or the studio or wherever. And it's tough. And so, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, mental health therapy has been huge for me. And even if you're not into that thing, it's important to have somebody in your life that you can vent to and talk to and, um, you know, just find outlets from what is causing like, you know, the stress in your life or, um, you know, just getting away from whatever your work is from time to time. So, I mean, 
And like I said, you get, I get it. You get it. It's very hard to get it if you don't live it. And like as broadcasters, like, you know, there's very few people that, that live that lifestyle. So it's good to lean on each other because we, we can understand each other. Oh yeah. I mean, there's no question about it. I mean, it's funny, like, you know, the last like serious girlfriend I had works in the corporate world and the lifestyle is very, very different. And she did not get it. You know, yeah. she, she was shocked by like what my day-to-day life was like. And she said like, you know, I'm, I'm surpri- surprised that it's like that. I would have thought it's more glamorous, you know? And, um, you know, and, and that being said, I mean, I did for a year, you know, I worked in sales. I, I was working, I mean, you know about this, but for our audience, like I was working, 40 hours a week in sales while also broadcasting and maybe sales has more stability in ways that broadcasting doesn't. But after doing that for a while, I realized, you know, it wasn't for me. Um, and <laughs> there are plenty of parts of the the cubicle, you know, life that blow, even if, you know, you have a nicer house at the end of the day and a nicer car. Um, but, uh, but, you yeah, know, but again, you know, people might not realize, <clears throat> you know, uh, how hard broadcasting is and how it's not glamorous. You know, they think that you just make a shitload of money and get laid every day. That's not the case. I mean, you know, our guest, Mike Marcantonini probably gets laid every day, but that's because of how good looking he is. That has nothing to do with him being a broadcaster. But, um, but anyway, yeah, you know, Italian genetics, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll have you uh, say your Instagram handle at the end of the, uh, the episode for any women who want to, you know, DM you nudes or anything. But anyway, before things get any weirder, you know, how excited are you uh, for, you know, this upcoming, uh, you know, this upcoming baseball season? You know, I don't want any of my sponsors to disown me. So I'm going to get back to talking about baseball. But, you know, how excited are you for this upcoming season in the Orioles system and, you know, with baseball right around the corner? I'm really excited. And this year is going to be a lot different than last season because, Going into last season, I knew how much talent we were going to have coming through the organization, coming through Aberdeen. Like I knew Jackson Holiday was going to be there for a chunk of the season. A lot of the other guys uh, on the top prospect list for the Orioles were going to be there. And not only top prospects, but like like mega top guys. You know, first couple rounds of the draft, big signing bonuses where everything they do, people want to know about. Uh, it's going to be a little different this year. We're still going to be a really talented. Like the 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 guys that come through Aberdeen this season, whether it's to start middle or, or the end of the season. I mean, we're going to have a lot of talent and we're going to compete and, and they're going to win games and be really competitive in the South Atlantic league. But it's going to be from guys that, you know, there's going to be some guys that people know their names, but a lot of the guys who are going to contribute this year aren't necessarily the guys at the top of top prospect boards or getting articles written about them, or you see tweets, uh, you know, you know, you see their name trending, things like that. So I'm excited for those guys because it's going to be a great opportunity for some of those guys to to really make a name for themselves. And, you know, I'm going to get to call their games. You know, I'm going to get to tell their stories and it's going to give me a chance to tell stories that people don't already know and, you know, don't know about. Like, you know, people knew stuff about Jackson Holiday and Dylan Beavers and Max Wagner and Judd Fabian, big name guys. But this year I'm going to be able to tell stories of guys who maybe you've never heard of before, but you're going to need to because they're going to be studs moving through um you know the Orioles system up to the big leagues at some point so that's what I'm excited about and I'm just excited about an opportunity to continue to get better you know in, in every way whether you know the 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 physical during the game play by play um working in different techniques and 
ways to make the broadcast fun. I want to get better at interviewing. I've been working on my Spanish in the off season, hoping to be able to talk, talk, talk to some of our Latino players and communicate in their language, make them feel comfortable. So it's going to be a season of opportunity and uh, you know, I'm going to take advantage of it. Mm, wow. So it sounds like you have quite the, quite the game plan and working on your Spanish. I mean, you, it sounds like you have it all covered. I was trying to do something every day, man, to get better. I mean, that's what this offseason has been like for me. So, uh, you know, last year I was out in Australia working another baseball season, calling games for the Melbourne Aces, which was an incredible experience. This year I've had a little bit more downtime. Uh, most of my work has been outside of broadcasting. So I've had the free time to to be able to, you know, try to grow my network, practice my Spanish, you know, do more research on things. So just trying to do something, multiple things every day to get better. I mean, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it sounds like you've been making the most of your time, um, you know, during the offseason. But, you know, I asked all my guests at the end of each episode, you know, people want to keep up with you. Um, you know, I, I made my joke about, you know, people sending you DMs on Instagram. But, you know, if they want to listen to your broadcasts, follow you on Twitter, follow you on Insta, you know, where can people find the one and only Mike Marcantonini? Yeah, so you can uh, you can hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at Miked Up Sports. So M I K E D Up Sports. Um, so yeah, Twitter and Instagram DMs are open. Just saying. So um, yeah, I mean, always looking to to gain some new followers and you know, kind of grow my grow my network and uh, be able to share my my passion uh, for baseball and you know broadcasting talent with the world you know I want as many people as possible to see this stuff you know I'm doing interviews with players and coaches uh, getting stuff out there and trying to spread the word and um, just have fun doing it I mean that's that you know that's why we're doing it you know because it's fun 100 percent 100 percent but once again everyone you have been listening to the Leverett ball show that was our guest today Michael Marcantonini.